Yes, welcome back to the Mate How Good Was podcast with me, Josh. And me, Donna. <laughs> Donna was just beating up a fucking ghost. He was beating up Casper while he was on the way in. If you Give heard someone money. struggling and strained struggling and strained at the beginning. <laughs> you shadow box him. As I as I let that one go there, that last haymaker, I let out a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit, of a, a bit of a noise. And when when the, the countdown starts on my screen. It's it's got to be a lot slower than yours because it gets to like three two and then you're starting and I'm still throwing haymakers. Yeah, mine mine always says like five, four, three, and then you look at the bottom and it's like zero zero one. So we're starting recording straight away. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think I don't think our legions of fans want to hear about our boring technical issues. We are back. Welcome back again to another Met How Good Was episode. I'm not with me, Josh and me, Don. We've already done that shit. Um, we're back to normality. Um, after the mailbag last week, thank you for all of your questions. And um, after our midweek Premier League awards, which we both got a bit of stick for. <laughs> we both got a bit of stick for. I got someone who wrote, Josh has no idea. Josh clearly has no idea about football. And I, I, I think I do, but okay. <laughs> you were getting a lot. Of, you, someone, uh, someone, an unnamed person wrote that you not having caca in your ten was a war crime. I mean, I did. I would put. I would put. I, on reflection, I would put caca in the head of Allison. Um, I might rejig it a little bit as well. But it is. It is what it is. I've, I've said it. It's out there. Um, I don't necessarily agree with it anymore. But um, it's quite. It's quite funny to see where everyone, all these fucking Latin American geniuses, come from. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. How do you? I don't think, I don't think my. Um, I think my underwhelming eleven took more of a more of a more of a beating than uh, my Latin American one. Man, I got a D- I got a DM today about my um, about my underwhelming eleven that said, "Why is Mason Mount not in there?" And I was like, "Mate, he's played three games." Yeah, you like, can't put a, pretty, probably, you can't put a player in. Like he that. played three ga- and Harvey Barnes. Har- where's Harvey Barnes? Injured. Scored on his debut and then he got injured. You can't put him in there. That's harsh. That's harsh. That in it. Where's Tyrone Mings? Where's Emmy? Where's Emmy? When there? They're just. They've been yeah. awful this season. Yeah, they've been. Te- Villa have been so good and they're not there. That's because they've been so underwhelming while they're on the fucking <laughs> hospital bed. Um, but we're gonna right. We're, we're gonna start. Obviously, we're gonna start with the week in football episode before we go to talk about football. We're gonna start with the breaking news from today, and that is that Roma have sacked Jose Mourinho. Um, now we're neither of us. I would say maybe me slightly more than you, but I would say neither of us are Italian football experts, are we? Uh, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't class myself as an Italian football expert, though. But we've definitely been doing definitely been doing a bit of reading into it and stuff. And uh, before we go into it, like, what are your thoughts on Mourinho? For a club like Roma, I think ideal, but I think as a Premier League manager now, he's probably probably done it now, and he's probably. I can't. I can't see him ever getting a top job again. I think Europa no. League, like teams that he can take into Europe, I think that's like the perfect, perfect position for him now. I, I'd agree. I, I, I think that I absolutely love him. I absolutely <laughs> love him, and I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but I, I absolutely love him. And I feel that football's just a better place when Mourinho's in it. When Mourinho's in it doing something stupid, football is just a better place. And I think what I what I love about Mourinho is he is he's he does play like a pantomime villain 
And I think he knows that he's doing that 90% of the time, but 10% of the time he just loves football so much. He just ends just going fucking mental and losing his head about stuff. And I, I don't know. I just feel like football's just better when he's around. I'd love him to come back to the Prem. I'd yeah. love him to come back to the Prem, but, but the, where would, what you said about he's, you, you're looking at different leagues and challenging for Europe and that type of thing. I mean, Where's if you look at the top six to ten clubs? I don't think Mourinho's going to any of them, is he? Do you know where I think would be a great fit for him? It would be, I, I can just imagine it, I, it would either be an absolute disaster for the club or, yeah, he would be adored and he'd be like the, the next best thing. Um, if he went somewhere like Nottingham Forest, I think that would be a yeah. perfect fit for him, yeah. Weirdly, I was thinking at the same time when you were saying that Fulham, I was thinking a team where <laughs> with both Portuguese managers, but somewhere like somewhere like like you said, like a Forest or like a Fulham, where he's got a handful of players that have been good on the continent before, and he could just become a cult. I, it's, maybe Forest is a better shout than Fulham in that context because they're a massive club, and Fulham aren't as big as Forest. Although they do have Tom Kearney, who is fucking class, by the way. Um, but they're a bit. Forrest got a lot of history. Big club. He would be quality there, wouldn't he? If, if only Forrest. If only a Forrest had waited a few more weeks to sack their manager. If I reckon, if if it, yeah, if they hadn't hired a new manager, I reckon he would have been like number one on their list. That would, yeah. be, that would be so good for the Prem to see him at Forrest. I think because I think yeah. the Forrest fans would love him. Yeah, agreed. It's quite a passionate my, fan my, base. Obviously, a club that's not been in Europe for ages. Imagine if he dragged him into Europe, even in the Conference League. Oh, mate, that yeah. was so good. But you, the the only thing is, like you said, he's Mourinho is Mourinho's got to be within in our lifetimes. I would say he's got to be top five in our lifetime managers. Top five. Top five in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe Fergie, Fergie, Pep. Why are you, the list? Why, why are you trying to start this? Because you know Ancelotti, Mourinho, Dan. Yeah, I put I put actually I I put Mourinho ahead of Wenger. I think. Fuck it out. Yeah, I put Mourinho ahead of Wenger. Um, one more. Yeah, he's one oh, more. But, oh, but, oh, Arsene Wenger, he's so kind to everyone. Fuck off, Dono. <laughs> Mourinho's also a legend. I would put, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Jose Mourinho's a better manager than Arsene Wenger. And if you could ask me to have one or the other, both in their prime, I would take Mourinho ahead of Wenger. And I do also think that Jose Mourinho is in the top five managers of my lifetime. And I, Fergie, Pep, Mourinho, Ancelotti, and then I'm, then that's where I struggle. Those four are in there, though I think. And then, but anyway, back to back to my point of although Mourinho's stock has fallen over the course of the last four years or anything, I think he still sees himself as elite manager. Understandably, I think it must be really difficult for him to un, to to ex- accept that he would be the Nottingham Forest manager or, or a club like that. And I think he wouldn't come back to the Prem because I think he would go and get a bigger job somewhere else. I think. Do you think? I think yeah, I think he could go and be like Porto manager, or go and be—I I don't know, like a P- I could—I could see him still taking a PSG job. It wouldn't surprise me if Enrique gets sacked and he has a PSG job. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think now, I think a lot of the—I think a lot of big clubs wouldn't touch him. I think 
the reputation he's got now, especially in England, is dross football, and he blows up yeah. after he blows up after two seasons. Yeah, which is done again, Fair done enough. it again at Roma. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him going to. I don't know about PSG. Maybe. Mm, nah, can't see it. Nah, fair enough. I think that also just to what we know, we're not Italian football experts. I think we were both talking about this actually before we started recording. Um, that he was he was loved in Rome. He was massively loved in Rome. If you haven't already, you should. Well, you probably will have already seen the videos of all the fans surrounding his car as he leaves and stuff like that. But I think the thing for me that's quite impressive is. Roma as a club is a bit of like a Roma's like the if you had a if you had five sons Roma's like the kind of the fifth one that no one really cares about or he's like the, he's the middle son but he's the fifth in terms of levels of importance he's still a part of what he thinks is like the big family so like the Milans the Inters the the Juve's etc but Roma's just not quite as big a club as that but they think they are um but so they they really used to really struggle with attendance, but the last forty four games home games that Mourinho's been in charge, they've sold out, and that's that's a sign of him just sort of grasping the city, grasping getting how people work and that type of thing. And I think in terms of Mourinho's psychology and emotional intelligence, that's where I feel like he's like top, personally. Like you look at how good, like a, a really easy example is how good Lingard was at Man United, and Lingard talked so highly of him, and then as soon as he went, he was shit essentially. But I think Mourinho really knows how to tap into a fan base because Chelsea fans, even though he's managed Man United and Tottenham, still absolutely love him. Um, I still, I would say I love Mourinho. He's obviously not a great Man United manager, but I love Mourinho. So that's what I feel like he's really, really good at. Yeah, I can see, I can see why fans love him. I can see, <clears throat> I can see how he does it. It's a, he, he creates like a siege mentality, doesn't he? When he goes to clubs, yeah. it's like, they everyone hates me everyone hates us we're going to prove them wrong um he did it he did it at roma he he tried to do it at tottenham it didn't really work i do feel bad yeah. for him in the sense that i think when he uh, uh, when he was at tottenham during the time he was there it was during the lockdown so i think he, he could have he could have really got fans on side he could have made it he could have he could definitely get out a better swing at it if it wasn't like behind closed doors um but yeah, he's done it twice now in Italy with with um, Inter and Roma. Um, yeah. When you leave a club like that, and he was getting booed by fans in the last few games, he's leaving the he's leaving yeah. the, the training ground, and he's getting the the fans are cl- like ch- surrounding his car, cheering his name. It's mental. Like you wouldn't see that. Yeah. In yeah, you're right. Do you, do you know? So I started laughing while you were talking then because I I, could, I just couldn't stop thinking of Harry Kane in that dressing room on the documentary. Fucking go in, fucking tackles, <laughs> fucking fucking get out of for minute one, fucking goals. <laughs> <laughs> and Mourinho must have been like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love Kane to pieces, but that that coming up, fucking tackles, fucking 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 get into him. It's like he's it, like. It's like when you're like slightly younger and you get like the swear word passed from your parents. That's what it feels like in that video. <laughs> just he started from a fucking I'd, yeah. Um, just swear that's his passion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out Mourinho, we love you. Um, just a, a, a quick thing that I don't want to spend too much time on. Right, something that just needs to be changed in football is the Afcon 
is AFCON and the Asian Games being in the middle of the season, doesn't it? It has to check. It's every two years and it's in January. It has to, football has moved on. It has to change. But aren't the isn't it played isn't it played in the middle of our our season but at the end of their season? Isn't that the reason I, yeah, why? Yeah, but I think Yeah, but I think if you look at the quantity of footballers that come across into the continent now and what the schedule of that is, it it it, ha- it I feel like it has to ch- or or like their seasons need to change or ultimately our seasons need to change. But yeah, like the like, like the copper well the copper America is a similar concept, right? Because the Argentine Brazilian season don't run on the same length as ours. They they run into the summer months, but they pause them. The MLS doesn't run on the same schedule of ours, but they pause them. They sort of just needs to come together and be like a neutral thing. I understand that things can be like weather dependent. So when it's freezing here, it's boiling in the southern half of the continent. I understand that, but something has to something has to change. It can't keep happening all the. T- it it can't keep happening. It wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen with any other tournament other than these two. It it wouldn't happen if this was the. If this was a Copper America, this, they wouldn't allow this to happen. So why do they allow it to happen in the other two? Well, the Asian Cup is being played in Qatar, for one. So it's fucking boiling in the summer. Um, so like the World Cup, it was it was moved to winter. So that, oh yeah, unless <laughs> unless you change it, unless you change the host, it's not going to work. So that's that one. Yeah. Um, and then. I guess it goes the same goes for Africa, but I'm not going to. I'm not an Africa weather expert. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, it's, yeah. It's, it, it, it something needs to be even like, like the World Cup, for example. Yes, it obviously got moved to December, but all football just sort of stopped for six weeks, which is not what any of us want okay, to happen. Yeah. Really, that's a that's a better resolution. But some, I think there shouldn't be any domestic. Yeah, football that is a better resolution than playing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that concept more. But I don't want I don't want that to happen. But I agree with that concept more because there's so many because there's so many um, African and Asian players in top leagues now. There are also there are also the the lesser countries that don't have as bigger players. Like who who is it? It was Vietnam nearly beat ju- ju- the two and up <laughs> against Japan the other day. I couldn't name you a single footballer from Vietnam. But um, the, it, something needs to change. Is our message is our message to you, Afcon and Asian Games? Or and FIFA, your message. You need to change my message. Um, right, let's talk about a couple of things to do with. In fact, let's talk about one more thing on the continent. One more thing on the continent before we go on. Madrid beat Madrid battering Barca. Right, just because just because Jude played, didn't he? Did you see him with the Did you see him with the GTA Six banner? Yeah. <laughs> that was class. It bait is like for the thirteenth, as in like going for their thirteenth Super Cup. Him, Rodrigo, Vinicius on it, which was class. Um, Chavi's got like a, Chavi's got a, I think he's got a really really hard job there. And Barcelona are like under the radar, doing quite a, are having quite a shit season. Um, yeah, I th- he's got a really 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 tough job. I think. I think they've invested badly. I was watching the game. I watched the highlights of the game. Sorry, um, and you look at the players that Madrid, Madrid, Madrid's transfer. The transfers Madrid, Madrid have made in the last like four or five years have been so much more um, forward thinking than Barca's have been. When you look at how Barcelona used to do their like transfer business as well, buying young players with potential, and now it's completely gone the opposite way. They've got fucking Ferran Torres starting up front with Lewandowski. I was just thinking. That is not. That's not how they. That's not how they do things. Why on earth 
Is that the case? But um, again, yeah. absolutely ripped to shreds by Real Madrid. Absolutely flop. Yeah. That high line, we'll talk about a high line later, but that high line, that was suicide. They didn't know how to play yeah. it. It looked like they'd never played it before. I think what you're saying about transfer policy is so spot on, right? And when you actually think about who Real Madrid have bought and got over the last few years, so, yeah, they're, they're, there's, there's no one who has a perfect transfer window, right? But Rudiger starts from now and has had a brilliant season by all accounts. Got him on a free. Rodrigo they got when he was really young and now he's properly like coming into himself. Vinicius is obviously world class. Jude is world class, but um they buy all these Camavinga comes Camavinga comes yep. in. Chuameni, I think, will come good. Like these players are they're buying them on the up. They're they're buying these players on the up. And I think what I I was listening to I think it was Carragher talk about it. Um <laughs> This week is the sign of a brilliant. I think the sign of a of a strong transfer policy and a, a club having a strong stance on a tra- on transfers are, if I don't get the player I want, that's fine. Like, yeah. just don't panic. And if you look at it, Madrid at the beginning of this season, I think everyone was a bit like, oh, I can't believe Mbappe's not gone. Who are they going to get in? And yes, they they bring in Hosselu, but I think Hosselu would have come in whether Mbappe came or didn't. I think that I think yeah. what he's done is instead of going four three three and having Mbappe through the middle, he plays Vinicius and he plays Vinicius and Rodrigo up front with um, Jude just in behind, and that's a sign of like a brilliant manager and brilliant strategy that you can go look at the investment on these players and now you can see it on the pitch because I mean. Rodrigo, Rodrigo and Vinicius are the third and fourth most expensive, valuable footballers in the world. Jude is the most valuable footballer in the world, according to that list that's come out. So they obviously invest. They obviously invest smartly because they're catching these players on the up, as opposed to, like you said, Barcelona, who have got Ferran Torres, who was like the idea of signing Ferran Torres kind of made sense. He was good in Spain. He was good, he was good in spells at City. Quite young, Spanish. Yeah, get him in. But it hasn't really worked. But he's hung around there for two, two and a half years. Lewandowski's thirty-five. Do you know what I mean? It's just a, it's a sign of how a, a club's transfers just don't run as well. But I think, yeah, I think they've got a real, real tough job on their hands. And I think it gets even tougher because, like, they they just have financial meltdowns every year. And it'll get to a it'll get to a stage where they don't get away with just being they'll drop out of the Champions League and they won't just get away with just being Barcelona. Barca come fourth this like like Man like Man United did years ago. If Barca come fourth this year and then fourth or fifth next year, it doesn't. It's not just then. Oh yeah, but Messi played here and and we've got a great academy and stuff like that. It's sort of like yeah, you can't just keep using the weird Barcelona thing anymore. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I think. Well, when a club spends like Barca have done so poorly, they become quite unlikable quite quickly. For a club that I thought, mm. like, if you, when they had, obviously, I'd say probably that Luis Enrique Barca team, that's probably when they were at their, yeah. that the last time they were at their absolute best, right? That team yeah. was so likable. A team that had Luis Suarez in it starting up front, you still, like, you could not help but, like, to take your hat off to be like, wow, that's such a good team, such a good, well run club. But now, because they because they spend so, like they just spend like stupid money on players that you just know, like, you just know they're not going to be good transfers. Like how much do they spend on um, Ferran Torres? I think it was like forty five, fifty million. He was, I think all, it was sixty million was, euros, which is cr- that's just crazy, isn't it? Like that's such an overspend on a player that City yeah. paid. I think they paid like twenty five, thirty million for him. 
Fifty-five million. That's what they spent on him. A hundred and fifty uh, million on Coutinho. A hundred and forty million or whatever it was on Griezmann. Which they they are like two top players at the time. Didn't work out. They ended up loaning yeah. them. How the f- how, how, also, how do you manage to do that? What I also dislike as well, they do on their chances is they they seem to get a lot of players from other good sides in Spain, but not great sides in Spain. But like they're better players, so they went and bought like Oriol Romeo and like Inigo Martinez. And Oriol Romeo's not good enough for Barcelona, is he? No chance. And like Inigo Martinez was a good player, yeah, okay, might be a good sign. And he's played eight times in the league this year, so he's obviously not the best. But yeah, the, I, I agree. I think there's a, I think there's a. They're a club that needs a direction to get back as well, but they're not. They're, the the thing is, is that the difference is their competition isn't as isn't as bad, isn't as as drastic as a competition that, that you'd have in the Premier League. Obviously, Hirona are doing an unbelievable job this year. Atleti will always be around there, but usually it's Atleti and Atleti and Real because like the other the other challengers to those will get their best players nicked every year. Villarreal have their best players sold every year. They lose their manager. They lose Emery. Sevilla are an absolute shit show. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the other big challengers, and the Spanish yeah. league's got no money. So, anyway, we've spoken about longer than longer than I wanted. So, oh, sorry, what? one one thing, just on this yeah, on, on that Real Madrid front four, should we say, with yeah. Mbappe's contract coming up, do you think yeah. they will go and get Mbappe? Because I'm 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 more and more I think about it. I don't think they're going to go and get. I don't think they're going to get. And the more yeah, I think about I it, think, I don't know if he, if he's actually they actually really need him. Oh, mate, Mbappe. Yeah. So imagine, got to go right, imagine that front four. They've got Rodrigo on the right, Vinicius on the left, Mbappe through the middle, and Jude in behind. Like that is just fucking stupid. That front three yeah, is I think, probably the quickest front three of all time. Like that, you can't. <laughs> you won't be able to play against that. That'd just be too quick. You just have to sit. Do in. you reckon? That's got to be the quickest relay race in football in history, and those four together because Jude's fucking rapid as well, mate. That's that's the um, that's the um, the hundred meter relay team, uh, Jamaican hundred meter relay yeah. team from the uh, Brazil Olympics. <laughs> that is that's sports that is day, absolutely flying. Um, that's going into sports day and seeing one of the other shooter groups, and you're like, oh fuck's sake, when they win it every year. Um, do I think they'll go and get him? Yes. Do I think they need him? Yes. I'm not. That's this isn't. That's not me being a. I, like I said, I don't watch Real Madrid all the time. I barely ever watch Real Madrid. I watch them from the Champions League because I love watching Jude, and I watch their highlights because I love watching Jude. But I wouldn't. I don't. I'm not like. Oh, I know how Real Madrid exactly play. Blah 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 blah. But if you look at their squad size, I think that's the thing that dictates them going and getting Mbappe, which sounds stupid, right? But they have one striker that's Hosselu. So if anyone, so when Vinicius was injured early in the season, the standard of the squad sort of drops off. All right, mm. with Mbappe, he is arguably the greatest player in the world. His dream is to go to Real Madrid. Everyone's known that for years. He, if his dream was to stay at PSG, he wouldn't have signed a two-year contract. His dreams to go to Real Madrid. He's a uh, that to me that 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 becomes really 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 apparent he's kicking off trying to get a move there last year i think they'll get him in the summer and i think under under i think mbappe under a structure of a football club that is run so tightly with perez as opposed to um the i can't remember the nasir al Khalafi, the the psg owner but with someone with the man management ability and quality of Carlo Ancelotti, I think Mbappe will take the piss there. Yeah, 
How could how could you not be ex- how could you not be excited? Any club in the world not be excited about the prospect of going and getting Mbappe? Okay, so that so the current that current team they've got at the moment, Real Madrid. If you had the yeah. choice, if you're Carlo Ancelotti and you had the choice of Mbappe or Haaland yeah. for that current yeah. team, yeah, would you still go Mbappe? Um, I was thinking about earlier. I was thinking if you had the chance to sign Haaland to play through the middle with Vinicius yeah. on the left, Rodrigo on the right, and Jude behind him, I think you'd go and get Haaland. I think that I still think I would. I still think they'd take Mbappe over Haaland because because Ancelotti quite clearly likes this split strikers thing, and I think Haaland. I think Mbappe could play that role better than Haaland could. I also think yeah. as well Mbappe can play on the left and on the right if he had to. It wouldn't like it like uh, uh, that. Yeah, I think he'd get him in for that because Vinicius Vinicius doesn't have a massive injury record, but will miss ten games a season. Rodrigo will miss ten games a season. Mbappe will miss ten ga- like that. It, with with Mbappe, you have a higher amount of fluctuation between how you move work that front three or front four or whatever. Whereas with Haaland, Haaland plays down the middle. End of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I was just interested to see. Yeah. No, no, no. I think I think the, it's a good question. I think it's a good question. The middle. I think it's a good question. I think it's a question worth asking people as well, like getting out on the socials. Right. Um, I've got a, a couple of questions. So our week in football might be a bit longer because I've still got a couple of questions that I feel like aren't going to take uh, like five, five minutes. Um, the first thing is, is, is Kevin De Bruyne, is Kevin De Bruyne the best midfielder in Premier League history? Um, I want to say yes, but I don't know if that's recency bias because I think okay. when I think about would, it, like Frank Lampard, would you make your for example, top... or or Steven Gerrard, these players were so good for so long. I'm not saying he's not been good for; he's obviously been amazing for the, for the amount of time he's been in the Premier League. But these are players that came through when they were like 18, 19 in the Prem, and played their their pretty much their entire careers, and they were outstanding for every single season. So to say, yeah. like, KDB is the best, maybe technically probably is, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's too tight. Do you think? Do you think that the way that, like, when we were, obviously, we neither we and you don't have kids now, but in the way that when we were younger, we looked at Gerard, we looked at Lampard. Me, obviously, as a United fan, probably looked at Skulls, we looked at Vieira, we looked at Keynes. Do you think that when we have kids and they're 10 years old they'll be like how good was he and we will go yeah he was the best because like like let's say that question happens in however many years time imagine by the way right, i was just thinking while i was saying that imagine imagine like soph was pregnant soph was pregnant and this was my way of revealing so i was like so imagine we had 10 year old kids and then in like 10 years and six months time <laughs> but like do you think that we would say to them yeah they're the best ever then I don't know the answer, by the way. This is just more out of interest. I don't know. I, I still think it's too tight. I don't know if I'd better say he was the best ever because I think if I said that now, there's doubt in my mind that that is the case. Um, yeah, agreed. He's definitely in the conversation. I think he's probably in the top three. Do you think he's the best? Okay, let me change that question. Do you think he's the best Premier League footballer we've had? Do you think he's the best footballer we've had in the Premier League in the last 10 years? Oh. <laughs> May- <laughs> I yeah. think he is. I think in the last ten years, I think he's. I think he's the best Premier League player of the last ten years. I think him and Salah are the only two that are in with the shop. I think he's the best. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking David Silva oh. probably was probably was a better. F- no, I don't see he's a better footballer. He's pro- what? When you say a better footballer, you're just saying like overall game or like technical ability. Oh mate, what is? But the, that's but that's the difference, right? That's the difference between Kevin yeah. De Bruyne and and someone like David Silva is. Either way, if you ask about technical brilliance, they're pretty much on a par with each other. But if you ask about as an overall footballer, Kate, you would definitely take Kevin De Bruyne because yes. he's more productive and he offers yeah. more. So that's why he's better. In my yeah, opinion. he's, he's um, an all rounder, isn't he? That's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. Probably is. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say he is the best. Um. So just from following on from that, obviously Man City Newcastle. Man City Newcastle has to be a catalogue of some of the best goals in like it's like five yeah. five great goals, I would say. Uh, maybe Gordon's isn't great. Isaac's finish or oh, Isaac's finish is, is Isaac's mate, Isaac's finish for me is that is R B and B or R one and circle <laughs> all over in it. It is fucking gorgeous. He's got a nice, yeah. He's he's got a great shot on him. He's like, I do like it. Yeah. He's oh, he's got something about him. He's got like well. a seventy-eight shooting on FIFA. It's because he's tall and gangly, but he's so like, what's the word? He's like, I want to say majestic, but it's not really in my. That's not. Yeah, really he in my is vocabulary. elegant. Elegant. Yeah. He's oh, I mean, he's so yeah, nice to watch. Um, yeah. I love it when he like stands his man, like defenders. He's like. Defenders like stood up against him, and he just like sends them one way, and then comes back on the other foot. Oh, I think he's class. Yeah, he's unreal. I think that it, look, Bernardo Silva's goal as well is just. It, it, we spoke about him last week in a pod. We, I, I hate that he plays for Man City because <laughs> I love everything about him, but I hate that he plays for Man City. But I think again, look, if you're listening to this on Thursday, you've probably listened to a million other pods talk about how good the goals are. But Oscar Bob's. One wow. one touch to another touch to a finish is impeccable. From from a man whose last name is Bob, right? You do not expect <laughs> you expect someone you expect someone called Bob to have the sort of touches and finishes like the player we're going to talk about in the pod today. Big fucking whackums, but Oscar Bob, what? A, yeah, what? A, yeah, what? A, what a finish! Fuck you, City, and but what a finish! Yeah, the, the the way he goes round the keeper is so good. That's pure instinct, isn't it? To do that so yeah. quickly, to go round him to then slot it in the R. Oh. The keep I'm gonna say something. The keeper doesn't cover himself in glory for any of the goals. Um they are obviously all really good goals. I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're not, but I think a better keeper probably does a lot probably doesn't concede all three. Yeah. Nick Pope doesn't concede all, the, all three of those goals. Agreed. The, the, no, the, I agree. The, the, especially the De Bruyne goal. The De Bruyne goal is amazing, but it does look like I don't. I wouldn't. A, a better keeper saves that. I think he strokes it in. Fair enough. Oh mate, it's I. I yeah. How fair does he stroke I disagree, it in like that? It looks enough. like a pass. Yeah, it does. It looks. Like, yeah, but he, it looks like a heart. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, he's a great guy. I think. I think a better. But keeper I, I get, get your point. It. I get your point. Um. Right, I'm just going to talk about something really quickly before asking you the final question before we wrap up this pod. Um, is I, I, I'm, ju- I'm just going to rant a little bit 
about Man United, right? I'm going to rant a little bit about Man United. I'm going to rant a little bit about Spurs, right? And you're someone who loves talking about people getting bummed off and stuff like that, right? And I've seen a lot of people getting themselves in Ange Postacoglu's ass, right? And I'm here to say I would love to be caved in his ass, and I am caved in his ass <laughs> because what I love, what I love, what I love about Postacoglu is. He sees football as entertainment. It is an entertainment thing. You watch it and I think, fuck me. Spurs, even the second half was a bit drab, but you watch it and I think, God, you can really see what he's trying to get across here. And I love the fact that his mantra seems to be, if you score two, we'll score three. And Spurs Spurs should have battered. Spurs should have battered United at the end of the day. They should have battered us. I think if Brendan Johnson, Brendan Johnson was really poor, really, really poor. And I think he got away with, I think the criticism for him has been next to has been a bit. Oh, he was had a bit of an off day. I thought he was very, very poor, and I thought if he a bit more clinical, they would have got another one or two. But I, 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 I love Ange Postecoglou, and I know that's it's so cliche, it's so easy, but I love the fact that it's watch us go and do this, and just see how you get on. And and people talk about identity and stuff like that. I. I think it's so 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 impressive for a manager to get that form of identity so quickly and people are going to go oh yeah but they're going to concede loads i think yeah they are but he's also six months into six months into what is a new project with a lot of players he doesn't really like and a lot of players that were shite last year and look it could all fall off a cliff for postacoglu who knows but for now i'm bumming him off massively because i think he's doing a tremendous job on the flip side of that man united have zero identity all right and I, this isn't me going into crisis this isn't me going into crisis and it's not me being mark goldbridge all of them need to be showed blah 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 well, that bollocks but i think what what i look at when i watch man united is a team that are so low on confidence that literally have absolutely nothing about them in confidence and the easy and the biggest and easiest giveaway of that is we do not uh, Man United's game plan was to go long early to try and catch Tottenham with the high line, which again, we're going to talk about again a little bit more, was to try and catch them with the high line, all right? Because uh, Hoyland's quick, Garnacho's quick, Rashford's quick, that all makes sense, right? But it gets to a stage where you can accept that and you can accept that it's the right decision and you can accept that you can try it 15 times in a game and it'll work five, that's fine. But we tried it 50 times in a game and it worked five. That's not fine. That's not okay. The midfield, we don't have a midfield. We literally might as well play without midfielders. There's every single pass is a big long switch diag over the top or a big long ball over the top or passing out wide. The sign of a team with no confidence is when they're too scared to play into the middle of the park. So that every pass goes out to the right back or the right winger or the left back or the left winger or someone peels out. And I think a sum up of it is I love Bruno to pieces, right? And I, 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 Bruno obviously worked his socks off and stuff on the weekend and he, play, he played relatively well. But he's coming so, so deep to get the ball at all points because he's the one who put his foot on the ball and actually played around in the midfield. Mine who I feel really sorry for because he's young. He can clearly do that as well, but wasn't getting used. And Ericsson just looks a bit past it. But Bruno kept coming deep and trying to do that. And then looking around and being like, oh, fuck this. I've got fuck all around me anyway. And they're just doing the exact same thing anyway. Just these huge diags. So um, I just, the more I think about United, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm really worried for Ten Hag because it's not that every football team needs to have a certain identity, but they do need to have a level of confidence. Like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say to you explicitly what a Carlo Ancelotti team looks like. I could tell you what an Ange team looks like. You could see what an Ange team looks like. You could see what a Pep team looks like. You could see what a Klopp. I couldn't tell you what an Ancelotti team looks like. So it doesn't mean that an identity automatically means that you're a top side, but you need to have 
ideas. An idea and an identity aren't the same thing, and you need to have some confidence, and we have got none. So that's me ranting about Man United. I'm going to ask you my next question now. I'm not going to let you nip in because I've <laughs> talked for too long, and now I'm going to let you talk about your club. Um, my question is about the... Um, I feel like it's got a lot of traction post, actually, the loss against Man United. Um, is I, I think it was coming a little bit before, is Villa's high line and this what, why they're not changing their style of play. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think the high line... I love the high line. I hated it at first, obviously, because... It takes so long for the for that to be coached into the players so that they can so like so that so I've what I've heard from previous like podcasts, villa specific ones anyway, the people inside the club when they talk about the high line it's they, they go through it obviously in training, but they have triggers that mean that makes the that will make the players all step up in unison. So that when they when they play that high line when you're looking at the stats, the stats are insane. Like the amount of offsides that Villa are getting, I think it's like I want to say when I saw the last stat, it was like say we we've I don't know what the word would be for it. Concede say we concede offsides, so offsides are given in our favour. Yeah, yeah. Say yeah. that anyway. Play, so play in our favour. Say it's say it's hundred and eighty. The next the next one below us is like sixty. It's crazy yeah. the amount. So it does work. My only concern is there seems to be a lot of noise around VAR being scrapped. And without VAR, that offside trap is fucked. Which would mean we'd have to play a completely different way because the amount of offsides that would probably be either flagged that aren't offside or not given that are offside would be yeah it would completely ruin the way we play and it happened it happened actually in the in the FA Cup game against Borough we didn't play a high line because Emery was aware that he said it in his in, in his post match he said that we can't play that high line without VAR cuz we're we're just hoping that the referee that the linesman gets it right every time and we can't we basically can't run that risk cuz if he gets it wrong yeah. once and they're in there's nothing to go back on so Back to your question, what do I think of the highlight? Yeah, I think it when it it's very effective to the way we play, and I think with players like Paul Torres and Konza, especially Konza with his like recovery pace is just nuts. He gets if if a player goes through like most of the time, he can he catches up with them. Um, and then you've got a player like Paul Torres who's so good at, at, at reading it, and obviously played with it under Emery at um, Villarreal. Um, I think we're only going to get better at it. And I think it's an easy thing for pundits to talk about when they don't watch the, don't watch that many like Villa games. Um, it's the same goes for Ange at, at Spurs. They talk about his high line. I think with VAR, I don't see why more clubs don't do it, especially when you're playing, um, when you're playing against lower opposition, if they're going to, if they're going to sit in, you may as well play that, play that high line. Cause they're, all they've got really then is to, not the ball over the top, and if you can play it properly, the game, their game becomes kind of ineffective. So, yeah, I'm all for it up the high line. Good. I'm glad you said that because I think that I, it feels like the positives outweigh the negatives when you play a high line from from teams that have sat in before, and it's clearly working because of how high you are in the league. I think it's just a, like you said, it's just an easy thing to point out in that. <clears throat> right. Well, that's the week in football. We've we we're always at oh, yeah, half an hour should be fine. Forty minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you haven't already, like, subscribe, 
Um, follow us on whatever social, whatever streaming podcast service you are using, for example, Spotify. Hopefully, you'll have seen our new logo and love our new logo. I'm going to talk about it a bit more in the next one, actually. Um, but, yeah, give us a follow. At MateHGW on Instagram, at MateHGW on TikTok. We go again. Um, and tune in tomorrow for our player podcast, which we are going to reveal tomorrow. <laughs> Not right now, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. See you later.